We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Visa and Indeed. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you guys listening to Striking Gold on the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, Eric freaking Crocker. Crocker, Crocker. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It's, it's, it's Victory Monday, but it doesn't really feel like a victory. I don't know. It feels really no. weird, huh? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, man. Like I tried to give you that. I, I tried to give you that doctor disrespect echo. You ever heard when? Yeah, you, when no, you... I like it. <laughs> nah, nobody does it better. Nah, 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 nah. But, but he, he every time he says his own name, he gives himself an echo. He goes, but he doesn't like. He could easily have like an echo effect, but he just goes, doctor, 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 doctor. You know, I have his um tweets like you know like like every time he tweets, I get a notification. <laughs> Dude, he's gold, man. He is so funny. I I can't get over it. But so yeah, Victory Monday doesn't feel like a Victory Monday. And and anybody listening to this, you got to know why. But before we jump into it, a lot of what we're going to talk about, like today, we're going to hit winners and losers, kind of like we did last week. And we'll switch it up. But I've, I kind of like that that uh that path for now. Um, but one of the the I actually have this aspect listed as a winner. Because it's obviously 
winning and dominating, but it's also in the 49ers case represents a loser, but I put it as the injury bug. Because if you're looking at the injury bug as an actual bug, it is winning and it is dominating and it is doing its thing. But obviously in the 49ers case, it sucks because the the amount of 49ers injuries to come from the Jets game is staggering. If if you hadn't if you didn't watch the game and you knew nothing and somebody just presented you with this list, you would your jaw would just hit the floor, you know. So to so to break it down and obviously me and Eric Crocker talk all about it, but so for just from the Jets game, I'm not including anybody else that was already injured, which is a decent amount of impact players. Just from the Jets game, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, who suffered a high ankle sprain. You have Nick Bosa, who has been confirmed to have torn his ACL. His season is done. You have Solomon Thomas, who has also been confirmed to have torn his ACL. His season is done. You have Raheem Mostert, who has an MCL sprain, and he's expected to miss two or three weeks. You have Tevin Coleman, another running back, who also sprained his knee. They haven't been more specific with that yet. Um, he's expected to miss multiple weeks. Then you have defensive lineman DJ Jones, who sprained an ankle. Then there's not really been any update as far as his status goes. And then you have Dre Greenlaw, who suffered a thigh contusion, which is basically like a thigh bruise. You know, could could be significant. It doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean it's not hindering him, but that's essentially what it is. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starting players, all with significant injuries coming out of that Jets game. So as far as being a winner and being effective and doing your job, the injury bug is it doesn't get any more powerful than him right now. Uh, but obviously, as far as the 49ers concerned, it sucks. It's just not supposed to be this way. Uh, but I don't know, Croc, what are, you, what are your first, just your thoughts, man? Yeah, not, not, not ideal. <laughs> uh, you know, anytime you have that, that many injuries and I mean, it's, some of it you can kind of play through, I, I guess, but Bosa, I mean, he's the best player on your team. I know a lot of people with George Kittle, you know, he's right there too, but Bosa, man, I just think he's like, I mean, they're both elite guys, but man, it is tough. It's tough losing a, a guy like Bosa, who I feel like is the anchor of the defense. And and if if all else fails, you know, you can count on him to be productive and, and kind of like, uh, you know, just move the needle for the defense. And you're just missing that guy, man. So like, that's, that's really tough. And then, you know, uh, an injury that I think really is, kind of flying under the radar is Raheem Mostert. Like he, I mean, that that guy, he's big time. He's everything I thought he would be with getting more touches and kind of being more of your feature back. It looks like he's proven that he can be that. But then now oh, he got a knee injury, you know, and, you know, who knows if he's going to be out or not. That's a, that's an underrated injury. I know everybody talks about the Bosa. Everybody talks about, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, but, I think that most of the injury is, is is pretty big as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, you talked about a guy. I mean, anytime you lose a guy that on the very first play of the game rips off an 80-yard touchdown, I mean, that's a huge deal. And, and I think one of the reasons to your point, Croc, that it's not being talked about that much is probably because people just still haven't quite realized how good Raheem Mostert is. You know, I think I think everybody's kind of just thinking that it's it's just your typical Shanahan comeback story, you know, flash in the pan, we'll see next year, you know, that, stuff like that. And when 
when Raheem is just, I mean, he's been one of the NFL's best running backs. No exaggeration whatsoever since like the beginning of, or excuse me, the middle of last season. Like he has, it's, there's just, there's, that's not hyperbole. That's just the way it is. I mean, you're talking about a guy that ran for 200 plus yards and four touchdowns in the NFC championship game and broke records. And he's come right out in this season and he looks to be better. I mean, I don't know, man. Like you're just talking about a guy who just is absolutely shredding secondaries and making them look like they're all slow. And the 49ers just lost him for like four weeks. And in addition to Crocker's point, like you didn't just lose him. You also lost Tevin Coleman. So now the 49ers are down to Jarek McKinnon, Fred Wilson. I'm sure Jamichael Hasey on the practice squad will get promoted. They'll probably sign a, a running back to, you know, to be, to move up to, to move on to the practice squad in his place. Because I mean, if, if Raheem's expected to miss, if, if excuse me, if, if, they haven't really said how much time Raheem's expected to miss. I think it's like two to three weeks. They could place him on IR to open up a spot. You've got Tevin Coleman, who's also expected to miss multiple weeks. Probably going to place him on IR to open a spot. You can, I would expect there to be another running back joining in on, on the team in, in some capacity, whether that's practice squad or active roster. So I'm with you, man. I mean, that Raheem is, I mean, he, the things he showed in the first two weeks, coupled with last season, that's insane, man. I mean, he was. He's among the best, like the best in the business. And um, and, it, and, it, and what's crazy is the 49ers were obviously hit very bad, but it's not just the 49ers. Like, let me go to my, I had a draft save here. Okay, so here are the week two torn ACLs from around the NFL. Running back Saquon Barkley of the Giants, who the 49ers play this week. He tore his ACL. Uh, then you have Nick Bosa. Uh, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for the Broncos, tore his ACL. Damn Solomon Thomas. Then you have defensive end Bruce Irvin of the Seahawks, tore his ACL. Cornerback Tavon Young on the Ravens, I think he's their nickel corner, um, tore his ACL. And then you have Marquise Blair, safety on the Seahawks, and he tore his ACL. So it's like, I don't know what happened. And those are just the ACL injuries. There was a ton of injuries this week. I don't know what happened, man, but it's crazy. Yep. Um, I mean, unfortunate, but, you know, I just kind of recently tweeted out, it looks like the entire league is going through this, you know? So at first it just seemed like, dang, 49ers are snake bitten and, you know, all these injuries and stuff. But as it turns out, everybody is kind of going through the same thing. So I, I think at this point you just have to like, hey, can you weather the storm and kind of, you know, just work through it. And I think the 49ers, man, like, you kind of look at it, they have a lot of guys coming back. And I think these guys are, man, they're really injured. <laughs> I mean, you don't want injuries. But if you do have to be injured and, and you have guys miss a couple of games, I think it would be right here in this stretch where you have, uh, you know, the 0-2. Well, you, you played the you know the Jets first, and then you have the 0-2 uh, Giants, who they just lost Saquon Barkley for the year. And then you have uh, the Philadelphia Eagles coming up, and, you know, they're 0-2. And then you have the Miami Dolphins after that. So, like, it's not ideal to lose guys and have guys out. But if you are going to, I feel like this was kind of a good stretch um, to where it's like, okay, we we can we can kind of weather this storm. And a, a bulk of the guys you do get back after, uh, after what, the Philadelphia Eagles game. So um, I guess, you know, out of all this, there is kind of a silver lining. Uh, you know, it, it looks like the point aren't going to be too banged up for too long, barring nobody else, you know, gets any serious injuries. But – you know, you're not getting Nick Bosa back. You are losing Solomon Thomas, who uh, 
is still uh, a solid depth uh, piece. Um, you know, it's it's the, the, that's tough. The Nick Bosa is tough. The Nick Bosa is tough. But the other guys, you know, getting guys back and like I said, it's a ideal stretch here. So that you know, if you guys are looking for any type of uh, reason to be optimistic about you know this season still, I, I'd say that that's what I'm kind of you know on. Well, to and the, the transition from from Nick Bosa, the 49ers are expected to sign um, former Seahawks slash Lions defensive end uh, Ziggy Ansah. Uh, the 49ers had brought him in a couple times, and they just could not agree on a deal. Well, after D Ford is suffering from back injuries, uh, from a back injury, Nick Bosa is out for the season. Solomon Thomas is out for the season. Uh, it's safe to say they're going to sign Ziggy Ansah this time, and now. Ziggy Ansah is going to get what he wanted, so uh, he's he's gonna he's currently in the building, or so to speak, um, taking his COVID tests, and uh, the 49ers are expected to sign him. So, uh, I mean, it's it, in no way does he replace someone like Bosa. I mean, the 49ers were trying to sign him as like a backup to a Bosa and a Ford, um, but now he, he you know bringing him in, he's probably going to be a, a, a you know basically a rotational starter. That's going to play a pretty big role. And, you know, he's had some some success in the past, especially with defensive line coach, 49ers D-line coach Chris Kacarek. But, I mean, I I would probably just temper your expectations for what you expect him to step in and do. Um, but as far as just finding somebody that can still have a decent amount of impact, it's 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 it's, it's an okay signing. But what, what, about, addition- what about, like, Clay Matthews? Because, you know, Clay Matthews is somebody, you know, I get it. Maybe maybe he's used to playing a different defense, maybe three, four type guy outside linebacker. But you know, if we're just talking about you know like strictly as a pass rusher, he's not like Clay Matthews as known. But he did have eight sacks last year. So at the very minimum, you are have you are you would be getting someone that is at least productive, right? Like that, you know. So it, right. you know, you know, over somebody like Ziggy Nansen who has been hurt and he hasn't been nearly as productive as. Clay Matthews. Now, again, I, I say he had eight sacks, and you know, with that, there's really no context. You know, that's the tough thing. Like, I, I don't know how he got his sacks, but just in general, eight sacks is eight sacks. You know, and Ansa played a good amount of games last year, and yeah, he wasn't nearly as productive. Again, he he helps in the sense of somebody that's a veteran, and you know, he he can win, but Clay Matthews again, eight sacks. So it's like. I would be looking to bring him in as well and see if, hey, can can we get something out of him? Even it might not be eight sacks, but at least you know you know he's still capable of being productive. Right. Yeah. And I, I did read something. Somebody had reported at one point that they tried to sign Clay Matthews, and Clay Matthews just was not interested in playing. But then I also saw Clay Matthews clap back on Twitter saying that's not true. So I'm not really entirely sure what the deal is with Clay Matthews, but obviously he's another guy that's very similar to Ansa in the fact that, you know, just a veteran guy. Uh, he's Matthews has been a little bit more productive, and he's been a little bit more active. Uh, he's been a little bit more healthy. So, you know, it's just a who knows. I, I don't know if it has anything to do with salary cap at this point, but they're just trying to – the 49ers are still very much a playoff team. Uh, you know, it, it obviously is a huge impact, but they're just, they got to try and to bring in guys that are at least going to have an impact. Otherwise, there's really no point to bringing them in to begin with. But one thing I want to say first is this literally just got tweeted out. But Kyle Shanahan 
got fined $100,000 for not wearing a mask on Sunday, and the 49ers were fined $250,000 for Kyle Shanahan not wearing a mask on Sunday. So altogether, Kyle Shanahan not wearing a, a mask has cost the 49ers $350,000. So, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> they, that literally just got tweeted out. And I think I think Sean Payton is not wearing a mask right now on, on during the Saints Monday Night Football game. So, you better hurry up and put that damn thing on. <laughs> I know. I see John Gruden walking around. Uh, with, with He has a mask but doesn't have it over his face. He better put that thing on. Yeah, I'm sure they've already got guys come come up and kind of tap them on the shoulder and say, "Hey, uh, these three teams just got fined three hundred fifty thousand dollars for not wearing their masks." So, uh, can you uh, tuck that in a little bit? And you know, so that's crazy. That's a lot of money. I'm not gonna say wearing not wearing a mask. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. You know, do what you got to do, but that's a lot of money. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work in relation to Kyle Shanahan. If Jed York's going to going to pay that for him, or if Jed York's going to say, "Oh, this is coming out of your check, my friend." So we'll see. Um, we'll see. But anyways, Crocker. So I, I kind of copped out with my first winner. So we'll, we'll say, although it's a stupid way of saying it, it's kind of like my first winner and loser is the injury bug. So what was a who was a winner for you on uh, on Sunday? Kendrick Bourne. And justice for him, right? Justice for Kendrick Bourne. And, and this is why. So I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before, but just in case I, I, you guys have forgot or you didn't hear that episode, I talk about justice for Kendrick Bourne and all that, but I am really realistic about who Kendrick Bourne is. And I think he's a good, you know, he's a solid third or fourth option. All right. Now I felt like uh, Sunday, you know, he stepped in, and anytime Kendrick Bourne has four catches for 60-something yards, that's an excellent game for who he is. I don't expect, you know, big-time numbers or anything like that. It's just, hey, be who Kendrick Bourne is and have the production that Kendrick Bourne is capable of having. And he is a four-catch, you know, 50- to 60-yard type guy. He might give you a touchdown here and there. That's who he is. So anytime he – I felt like, you know, especially – after the first game where it kind of felt like the the receivers kind of let, let the 49ers down or maybe you know a lot of people want to put some some of that blame on Jimmy Garoppolo but they were very, they weren't very productive uh I thought that you know Kendrick Bourne's uh game against the Jets was a step in the right direction and you know he caught passes from both uh Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins actually Nick Mullins I thought did a really good job of driving a couple of passes downfield down the middle of the field to Kendrick Bourne so uh yeah Kendrick Bourne, that's get porn. <laughs> Kendrick Bourne, mm-hmm. that is my first uh, winner, and and I know people they Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, I know. I call him Kendrick Bourne. Porn, my bad. But Kendrick <laughs> Bourne, that's uh, amazing, bro. I hope I hope everybody on Strike and Gold hits us up in the morning about Kendrick <laughs> <laughs> Porn, so, um, baby. Let's go. Kendrick Porn. So Kendrick Porn, there was a route <laughs> down the left sideline that you know obviously he didn't bring in, and my kind of thought process on that is, you know, I just don't think that, you know, Kendrick is that guy. I, I don't expect him to be that guy. You know, if he comes down with it, great. I mean, he's been on the 49ers for four years now. Have we ever seen him catch a go route? I don't think so. So I, that's, if he gets it, great. If he doesn't, I, I don't really have high expectations for him to come down with passes like that. But I think for what he did, that's who he is. And I just, just be who you are. And I thought he was. So that's my first winner. 
Yeah, I think that's a good one, man. And he 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 made some. I didn't really like. I didn't really fault him for that drop. Like, I mean, you of course in in the end you got to catch those. You got you know guy to make those plays, but it was a pretty tough catch. Um, one that you know it's it's just a tough catch. So I wasn't sitting. It wasn't like an egregious drop, kind of like the one we had against the Seahawks last year, where it just hit his hands, bobbled up into the air, and the Seahawks defender caught it. And I, I can't remember if he took it to the house or not. But yeah, no, um, take it to the house. Talking about uh, Quadri Diggs. Yeah, yeah. So there, I mean, there's one where you're like, dude, what the hell? But that was a tough catch. The defender was right on him. He kind of dove as he was catching it, and and when he hit the ground, it kind of knocked it out. So it was it was not like your your average, you know, horrible drop. But you know, obviously, he's going to tell you all day that he should have had that. That's the way it is. But uh, you know, that's just kind of how it rolls, man. Some of some of them are harder than the others. So uh, my my winner. Uh, and I kind of and I kind of cheated on this one too. Uh, I put comeback stories because both Jordan Reed and Jarek McKinnon, neither of them played football last year. Neither of them played football because uh, they were both dealing with their own injuries. Jordan Reed has suffered some pretty scary concussions. I think seven of them. Jarek McKinnon was still trying to recover from an ACL injury that that happened, you know, before the beginning of the 2018 season. And, um, he, he, you know, they both just have had horrible luck with injuries. You know, Jarek McKinnon's more so over the last two years, you know, before that he wasn't too unlucky, but Jordan Reed suffered through injuries through, through most of his career. And both of them had a day yesterday between the two of them. Uh, I think that's three touchdowns for the 49ers. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure. Uh, yeah, Jarek McKinnon had another touchdown and, Jordan Reed had two of them. So, I mean, you're talking about two guys who didn't even get to play football last year. Jarek McKinnon said when he woke up before week one on the morning in week one, he cried because he was just, he couldn't believe he was going to play football again. And Jordan Reed said he's having the most fun he's ever had in his career. He's probably just stoked to be back out here. And, and between both of them, they're just awesome stories. And they're just two guys that you want to see succeed. And Jarek McKinnon's highlight play is <laughs> it was third and 31. And they basically ran it down the middle, or I can't remember if it was a short, no, it was a run right down the middle, essentially kind of like a, we give up, we're going to punt it. And then Jared McKinnon busts through and turns out 55 yards. And it was just the most unassuming first down ever, or, or not unassuming, but the first down you would have never expect to happen. And boom, he comes through and he's going to have a huge role moving forward because Raheem's hurt and Tevin Coleman's hurt. So, it's all the Jarek McKinnon show and, and, and um, Jeff Wilson's going to have a big role. You know, he's going to, him and McKinnon are basically probably going to, you know, they're going to compliment each other. They, they might split carries. I don't know if they're going to go that far, but at least for the time being, it's going to be the Jarek McKinnon show. And I would not be surprised if the 49ers do not allow George Kittle to play next week or this week because the field, they obviously are not enthused about it. Um, so it, it could still be the Jordan Reed show again. And, and Reed caught seven of eight targets for 50 yards and two touchdowns. And it's just, and Crocker's mentioned this so many times, it's just a matter of trust. And whatever has developed between Jordan Reed and Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy obviously trusts him and, and, and he doesn't trust others who we'll get into in a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, of the fact that both of these guys have just kind of taken it, taken it really to the chin over the last couple of years. And, now they're back. They're playing good football. The team needs them to succeed. What's crazy is you have guys that really don't have a history of injury that are injured, 
And now the 49ers are counting on the guys that have been injured in the past to, to pull them through it. So it's like this weird reversal of that, but you know, but I'm, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what Jarek McKinnon and Jordan Reed can do, uh, over the, uh, you know, over the next, however many weeks they're going to have to kind of, kind of pull up, pull up the, uh, the slack for everybody. But before we have Crocker get to his next winners or his next winner, we're going to get a quick word in from our sponsors. We're hitting you first with Visa, who knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they are corner stores, coffee spots, favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going the extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make sure the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. And along with Visa, we've got Indeed. And even though sports took a break, your business probably didn't. You might have to keep you have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no longer term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools you make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need. Just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post. Which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offers valued through September 30th. Got nine days. All right, Croc. Hit us with another winner from uh, from Sunday. Fred Warner. Now, obviously, it's the Ooh. obvious. It's the obvious, but and he's just a firecracker, man. He he's all over the field. You know, and, you know. You told me before we started recording that he didn't get credit for any tackles for loss, but I could have sworn on that fourth down play he stuffed uh, the running back in the backfield, or I think he did. Maybe the maybe yeah, the running no. back, but. Dude, I mean, I, I, I'm right there with you. I could have sworn it was a clear, clear tackle for loss. Yeah, but, yeah, Fred Warner, man, I mean, again, a lot of injuries, uh, uh, you know, uh, just on the roster in general, you know, losing Solomon Thomas, losing Nick Bosa, and, you know, he stepped up. It, it, I was kind of torn between him and Eric Armstead. I thought Armstead definitely had an impact. You know, when you, you just paid him big money, you lose a couple guys, and he's still in there, pass deflection, sack, 
tackle for loss. He did his thing. But, you know, Fred Warner, man, he's really holding it down there. I think, like, the first pass play, he just kind of, like, knocked the ball down and pushed the, the, the you know, guy who was trying to catch the ball, pushed him down to the ground. Uh, I just love the attitude he plays with. And I think, you know, as long as he's out there, man, 49ers, they, they're still in good hands. Probably, you know, defense definitely going to take a little hit. But um, I, I, I like him. I like the energy he's bringing. So, yeah, that's that's my second one. And one person I just have to throw in here real quick, and it, and obviously it's with a little bit of a caveat because he's hurt, but you got to go with – we got to at least give a shout-out to Jimmy Garoppolo because the amount of trash that, that fans talked on him after that rough game against the Cardinals, and rightfully so, it was a bad game. But as always, the term fan stands for fanatic, and sometimes you guys can get a little crazy. And some of the stuff I said or I saw being said about Jimmy Garoppolo was wild. And this guy – with a high ankle sprain, which you got to listen to our last episode, Croc details just how painful it is. This guy with a high ankle sprain completed 14 of 60, 16 passes. One of them was a drop. That's 87.5% for 131 yards and two touchdowns and an almost perfect quarterback rating. Like the dude went out there on an injured ankle and just lit it up. And, and you know, I feel like even though he's hurt and maybe that takes down his stock a little bit, there's nothing really he can do about that, but the dude had a great half and he looked outstanding. And, uh, and I think it's, it's kind of just one, another one of those things where Jimmy's a bounce match quarterback, whether it's a bad throw, uh, you know, an interception, a bad game, that dude loves to bounce back. And I think that, you know, it just, it deserves to be mentioned with how much trash people talked on, on that guy after the first week. I knew it was so. kind of like a lose, lose situation for him in the sense of, you know, you, you, you were always going to have people that were like, well, he's supposed to. It's the Jets. And I definitely heard a little bit of that. But, you know, definitely. And, and I'll say this, too. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a tough dude. So I, I expected him to, you know, kind of thug it out with an injury like that. We know that he's tough, you know. But it's just, hey, you just need to play better than week one. And I thought, obviously, he, he played much better and was on pace to, I mean, throw for, what, three, four, <laughs> four touchdowns. I thought he played extremely well. So, um, it was really good to see that. It, it seems like, you know, for the most part, a lot of the people that were really talking down on him, I saw a lot of them just like, I'm sorry for the things I said about Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, yeah, man, you guys overreacted. But like you said, root root word of fan is fanatic. So, you know, I, I guess I I get it. But, you know, we're here to be the voice of reason. And, <laughs> kind of, you know, hey, man, like, let this stuff play out, man. Like, four that is going to be just fine. I still strongly believe that. Now, I was on 95-7 the game yesterday, and they asked me, do I feel like the 49ers are still a Super Bowl contending team without Nick Bosa? And it's kind of hard to have those type of expectations, but I do still feel like they are a playoff team. And once you get into the dance, anything can happen from there. So, uh, I'm not going to roll them out from anything. I, I feel strongly that 49ers will be one of the seven teams that make the playoffs. Now that's that's looking forward, but I just still I still feel that confident in what the 49ers can be this year. That that's just kind of my opinion. I agree. I think yeah, I think that they can get into the playoffs. And if and, and the 49ers were a bona fide Super Bowl contender last year, but you saw how easily the 49ers were able to make it to the playoffs last year. I mean, they had, they earned that seed. So they had a, they had a, a, a good ride, but they just, they easily beat the Vikings and they easily beat the Packers. And if, if they could, you know, somehow draw that kind of luck again, you, you never know what's going to go on with the rest of the league. 
you know, they could, they could very easily still get in the dance. It's not going to be easy. And it, you know, it's going to be, there are, there are players that are going to have to step up and kind of, you know, play in a way like, like, you know, the offense has got a lot of pressure on them because the defense isn't going to be shutting it down near as much as they have been. So it's, it's going to be interesting, but I do think that they can do it. And it's just a matter of, of, you know, it, it just may look different. The, the way the 49ers men win for, for from here on out may just look a little bit different than it did last season. So anyways, moving on to our losers. Uh, and again, this is losers in the way, like they just didn't have a good afternoon. We're not calling them losers. You know, we're not like making any drastic statements on the fact that they just didn't have a great game. And Jimmy Garoppolo was one of our losers last week. And, uh, and look what he did this week. So, you know, it happens. But my first loser is uh, Dante Pettis, who... I mean, something could happen that pushes him into the spotlight again. But you had a guy who who played like the majority of offensive snaps in week one. Brandon Ayuk was out. Debo Samuel was out. You know, and and he ran like like I think he played like forty something snaps. He ran like thirty something routes, and he was only targeted one time, and he didn't catch that one. And then, so you come in today, Brandon Ayuk comes back, the 49ers signed Muhammad Sanu, and his snaps just instantly disappear. I think he had like 10 snaps. I think he ran like a few routes, and, yeah. and, that, was, and that was it. And that was it. And, you know, somebody like Muhammad Sanu, who they just signed, um, I know was significantly more than that. It, it was deep- like crazy, but it was more. I want to say Sanu ran like eight routes or something like that on like 10 plays or something like, you know, they definitely were easing him back in. And I think obviously like the game flow didn't really call for Sanu to be a big factor, but just the fact that he came in and, you know, Pettis only had three, three routes ran. That's, that's, that's just, he was the loser last week. And I, I felt like, you know, he, he, he missed a big opportunity to, really be like, all right, I'm a guy, I'm going to be a guy in this offense or at least a contributor. And he, he lost that. He lost the opportunity and they brought other guys in and now it's, it's not, it's not really looking good for him. I, I think if he does end up having any good games down the stretch, it's going to be more by like, he just happened to get his number called, but not so much them calling plays for him, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's rough. Like it, it's frustrating too, because like Crocker said so many times, like the talent is so obviously there. Like you can see, even see cutups from like week one where Jim, where Dante Pettis was getting open. Uh, there's just no trust there. And whether that trust comes from Kyle Shanahan or Jimmy Garoppolo or both, uh, there's just, nobody wants to give him the ball. And you know, that could seem like uh, like kind of a thing where you should root for Dante Pettis, but he's earned that. And you, he, you just the 49ers haven't just taken their second round pick that they traded up for and decided they were going to not like him. Like that's not how this works. That's right. not how the, he has just whatever struggles he's gone through, whether they've happened in games or off the field during practice during off seasons, whatever he's done, he's earned his place. And you know there was that narrative for a while that Kyle Shanahan's coaching style somehow had something to do with Pettis's downfall, and I just think that's insane you know Pettis is just he's struggling not every pick works out I'm not going to say there's there's still I'm not going to say there's no chance for him to 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 spring back up and and have an impact but I mean you've got Debo Samuels about to come back you've got Brandon Ayuk 
you've got they sign Mohamed Sanu and there's your starters right there. I, you know, I, you're going to have some Kendrick Bourne and, and, you know, we'll see. There were people in the offseason saying that maybe like a change of scenery would be best for him. And if I'm the 49ers, I do start shopping him. You clearly can make a case for, you know, why he can contribute on another team. You can show, you know, week one, hey, he does get open. You know, he's just not going to fit in with all the guys that we are incorporating into our offense. You know, hey, we'll we'll take a fifth round pick for him. And, you know, I think, you know, he definitely would be worth that to go somewhere else where he might have more opportunity. He He's just not going to get that here with, especially, you know, with Debo Samuel coming back soon. And, you know, Ayuk, Sanu, Kendrick Bourne being who he is, and Trent Taylor, he's just not going to have the the opportunity. I don't even think that he's going to be active once Debo Samuel comes back. So I think right now, like, I would start shopping him and see what I can kind of get for him and give him an opportunity somewhere else where he possibly really could excel. I just don't know if he's going to be with the 49ers. Right. Right. And I think that's a good point. I, I do think that there could be a scenario where Pettis does excel for another team because we've seen it. We've seen the talent. You saw him blow him up, blow up the end of his rookie year. And and like I said, something happens because he was not great in that next offseason. So I, I would love to see him get a chance somewhere else where maybe, you know, he just he just builds up some different momentum with with a clean slate and just makes it happen. But um, OK, so, Croc, you got since I kind of did the injuries and that probably should have been a loser. Um, go ahead. You kind of got two losers here, but start with your first one. Who's your Who's your next loser? I actually kind of kind of got three, but anyway, <laughs> I thought of another one just because for a certain situation. So that's going to be just kind of like a bonus loser. But I'm going to start with uh, with Killer Witherspoon, and you know, for me again, kind of like Dante Pettis, you you have an opportunity here to kind of shake off some of the the narrative surrounding you. And I, I don't think his game, again, I got to go back and watch it. I don't think it was quite as bad as people kind of think when, with, like with what I was seeing on Twitter. Um, and I can't, I have to stop like taking what Twitter says and, and thinking that's what is really going on. And I kind of go off that and I let that like kind of get into my head on how people feel about him. But um you can't give up that touchdown at the end. And I understand exactly what was going on. I, I understand exactly how to fix it, but you just you just can't let that happen. Uh, aside from that, you know, he gave up a few catches. I didn't think it was anything too crazy, but it's like, hey, you have an opportunity. Like, who are you going up against? Like, we're talking about Chris Hogan. Is that his name, Chris Hogan? Whatever. We're talking about yeah, Hogan. Well, no, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't Chris Hogan's. It was Braxton Berrios who caught that no, touchdown caught- pass. But but there was some there was some other passes where it was like Hogan. Right, and, yeah, yeah. He was matched up against Hogan more more than anybody else. These guys, they, they shouldn't be able to fuck with you. So it's like like, <laughs> like Akilo, they can't fuck with you. Like, why are you even giving up any catches to these guys? And it's like, get it. Then there was a play where, you know, they, they were playing zone. He played it perfect. He played it perfect. He he ran with the vertical, um, could see the guy coming off uh, you know, on the out route. He he peeled off of the vertical, so right there it's like great, like that that's a good job, and he had an opportunity to kind of make a play on the ball, and instead of making the play on the ball, he just kind of braced himself to to make the hit, and it's like okay, 
Like, all right, all right I, I see what was going on there. But like, Akello, like, this is your, you have an opportunity right here to be a guy. Make a play on the ball. Like, I just saw a rookie, um, CJ Henderson for, for Jacksonville. You know, he's running with a vertical and he, he looks and sees the outcome and he jumps it and picks it off. Like you, 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 you have a big opportunity here to make a play. And when you make those type of plays, people kind of forget about the other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, um, CJ Henderson just gave up a touchdown to, um, who was the receiver? Who did Jacksonville just play? It was in the back of the end zone. Anyway, I can't think of who they just played, but he did give up a touchdown last game back of the end zone. And people don't care about that because you know, what's in their head, man, that was a great play. You know, he played extremely well, made some key plays to seal the game for the uh for Jacksonville the, the the previous week interception like they think of that so like a killer Witherspoon is like dude you have an opportunity right here and again I, I believe in him I think he's I think he has all the skill set but you you gotta go out and you gotta make some plays. I thought he had some opportunities there to just be like look these dudes can't fuck with me and and then making a play uh on, on a pass that's in the air coming in his direction and he just didn't and it is tough again uh, I, I talked about um Kendrick Bourne and like what you know, what my expectations are for him, and kind of who I think he is. Well, Keller Witherspoon, because of his ability, my expectations are much higher. And I think you know, when I look at him, it's like, hey, that's a play right there. Where you know, if if you are going to be who I think you could be, I want you to make that play. And he just didn't. So I am being a little like critical on him just because of what I think he possibly can be. But you know, he's kind of he's kind of running out of opportunities to really show like, hey, I should be a guy here long term. And it sucks because I definitely think he has the ability, but we're just not really seeing uh, him, you know, really kind of take that next step. Th- those dudes, Braxton Berrios, Hogan, they-, they shouldn't be able to fuck with him at all. And the fact that they did, you know, it's just kind of, that that's a little, you know, I'm, I'm a little frustrated by that, you know. And again, I don't think he played terrible. I just didn't think he did what I felt like he could do. All right, so just to give you a little bit of a, a lead-in, one of the reasons, and, and this is Crocker's pick for a loser, and so I'm, I'm just just so it's, he doesn't have to, to roll on for, for minutes and minutes, but there's a reason that Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, got hurt. And obviously there was, you know, to kind of break it down with some contents from Kyle Shanahan, he felt like there should have been two penalties on the play where Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. One, the guy that, that hit him in the first place hit him low, so Jimmy felt like that should have been a, a penalty. And then two... Jimmy Garoppolo went down to a knee and still got hit by another Jets defensive lineman. And Kyle Shanahan felt like that should have been another penalty. And he said the ref couldn't blow the whistle because he had his mask on. And so it was just this whole cascade of, of problems that led to Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. But turning it over to you, Croc, what does that start with? It starts with the offensive line. And, and, and again, like I, I get it. Quentin Williams, he was what the number three overall pick. Um, I was on record of saying, like, I wouldn't mind the 49ers taking him over Bosa, you know, if Bosa was there at two. And Quentin Williams is like, yeah, I think he has elite-type talent playing in the middle. And I was like, I started picturing him playing next to DeForest Buckner. And I'm like, oh, that can get real scary, right? And we saw, you know, some of his impact in that game. 49ers really couldn't run up the middle. Matter of fact, I mean, obviously 49ers got, you know, the the big uh, toss play. And there was another toss play that got called back. But... And, you know, there were, a, they had a few chunk runs, but outside of that, man, there was a lot of stuff being stuffed. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, man, Tevin Coleman. But Tevin Coleman was running into a wall. And 
I thought Quentin Williams had a big hand in that, and we saw he had two sacks, and some of that was against Lakin Tomlinson. And I was like, man, like I, I just thought, hey, O line, you guys are kind of responsible for <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt and teed off on, and also Jimmy Garoppolo. Even outside of the, the sack, you know, you mentioned it too. He was getting hit like every play. It was like every play seemed like Garoppolo was getting hit. Not ideal. So uh, O-line definitely has to play better. I feel like they possibly will, especially the more they play together. But, uh, yeah, again, not ideal, and they are losers. Again, I have one more loser. Some, but, but yeah, I'm only supposed to have two, but I do have one more loser. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, well, hit us with it. What, what's your what's your bonus? I mean, it sounds weird saying it that way, but what what's your bonus loser? Bonus loser, Kyle Shanahan, and not for like his. I thought he called a, a great game for who he's playing against. That's that's excellent. I, like he's a bonus loser because you're up three scores, and you have this rookie receiver Brandon Ayuk, and he's in there. There were some people I was like, hey, get Brandon Ayuk involved, and there were people like, well. He's coming off of a hamstring injury. He's in there. He's in the game. He's running routes. He's running clear outs for Kendrick Bourne. Like, you have an opportunity here to kind of, like, introduce your guy to the NFL and, like, what might be asked for him. We are preparing Brandon Ayuk for the long haul. We're preparing him to be a key factor. So, you know, that second half of the schedule, when it starts getting tougher and you, and you need a receiver to really step up and be a guy and, you know, to go with uh, – uh, 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 Debo Samuel and some other guys and, you know, getting the mix and just guys you can kind of count on. We're, we're going to need that, right? So you're up three scores. Draw some stuff to get your rookie some touches. I get it. Okay, the play action, the little underneath thing. Okay, got him the ball. Had another catch, which really was by accident because he stole it from Kendrick Bourne. Um, they tried to throw a little screen to him. That was kind of really after the fact, like when there was only like a couple minutes left in the game and it was like a poorly thrown it was like a poorly thrown ball, but it was blocked up uh, poorly as well. But it's like, hey, I have this rookie. Let's do some things to get him involved. Let's get, do some things to get him, like, like, all right, just run a comeback. Let, I just want to see it. Give him the ball in space. Okay. Uh, clearly, he's good after the run. We saw on the on the one catch uh, on the little uh, play action thing where he broke, like, three tackles, right? Like, he, he can be that kind of guy. Let me see it. Let me see him. Give him the ball. Give him targets. And I thought in a game where you're up, you know, three – four touchdowns or whatever it is, this is a key uh, – this is a real good opportunity to just – hey, let's just force him the ball because what's the worst that can happen? Okay, oh, you throw a pick or he drops the ball. You don't move – okay, whatever. We're up multiple, multiple touchdowns. Get get him the ball. Start trying to feature him and, and get him kind of acclimated to, you know, what he's going to look like in the NFL. And I thought they did a poor job with that. So – Kyle Shanahan, I'm 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 calling him out for that. He's my bonus loser. Stupid Kyle Shanahan. I know. Gosh, Kyle, you know. <laughs> you're just you're just an idiot, big old idiot. Did you see that tweet? I, I tweeted. If, if he wasn't out there, I would say like, okay, they're trying to. But it was like I don't know how many snaps uh, he 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 played. But he was he was in there a lot. Brennan Ayuk was in there a lot. He played probably more snaps than any other receiver. They just weren't doing anything to kind of give him the ball. Even though I talked about they had him on the clear out. His sole job was to clear it out for Kendrick Bourne to come on a dig route. Like, do that for your rookie. Do that for, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, get him that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that 20-yard catch. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I think we'll probably see uh, – 
we'll see him slowly get eased back into into the offense. And and I I get that you know when Debo Samuel steps in maybe and George Kittle's back there might be less less targets to go his way. But I still think we'll probably see him get get eased into it. And I think he's going to be uh he's going to be fun to watch for a long time. I went back just because he was making his his debut, and I went and watched back went back and watched some of his college film. And and that guy's special, dude. He's just he's he's too smooth for for how little he's been playing that position. So, you know, I'm look I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. But one of the things I, I, I tweeted last night that I thought was funny myself, but it was really not me being funny, but the original tweet was funny. It said it said, Do ACLs only exist so they can tear you never hear about an ACL doing anything good. A bitch ass ligament. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fun. I just thought the the last two words were the funny, like just calling the ligament a bitch ass. Like that's so funny to me. Like, but anyways, oh, well, I think, I mean, shoot, I think that wraps it up, man. I, th- I think we're good. I think we kind of have between, between, make sure you guys listen to, uh, to yesterday's podcast too. Excuse me. You know, our podcast that took place right after the game. Um, cause that, you know, between that, us kind of breaking down the game, yesterday and breaking down the game with this podcast here obviously you guys would have listened to it on monday morning and hopefully you're listening to this one on tuesday morning but between those two games we break down the uh, we break down the jets and and everything that kind of was involved with it quite a bit so make sure you check out that um we should be coming at you guys again on we'll be recording wednesday and it should be released thursday morning with our weekly mailbag so we'll come at you with that and then on Thursday, we should be breaking down uh, kind of what we're going to be looking for when the 49ers play the Giants on Sunday. Um, I can tell you right now, we're going to be talking about that field, but but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got, but that's it, guys. Croc, you got any closing thoughts? You good? That's it, man. Hey, stay faithful, guys. Right. Yep. 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 It's a. Uh, It'll be all right, man. They're still a playoff team. It's just, it's just ain't going to come as easy. So, yeah, stay upbeat, and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see who steps up next week. But for uh, for another week over here at Striking Gold, we are signing out. Peace. The wait is finally over. Football's back. You might not be out of game this year, but you can still be in on the action and bet online. Bet online is going to take the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.